Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listener discretion advised. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and gamers of all ages. This is your host on Classic Gaming Radio. And no. today, we're talking about weapons and armor. King 5 would be proud, Goblin. That's right. <laughs> oh man, I can't tell you how many times in a game, armor and weapons are totally misunderstood. Like, people are just like, oh, well, this sounds cool, I saw this one time. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of goes back to the conversation I had with uh, Mr. Sinister, one of our favorite guys over at Sinister Metalworks, <laughs> and the requests for armor that he gets from people to custom make, and he just looks at him as if they're the stupidest motherfuckers in the world for good reason. I bet so. Oh, well, a kid came in one time and asked for a pair of van braces, uh-huh. but he wanted them as, like, anime style. No seams, no anything wrong with them. It was just metal that looked perfect all the way around, and it no deviations, nothing. Yeah, metal <laughs> tubes with no deviations, no seams, and it's like, how are you going to get those? Round. Yeah, perfectly round. How are you going to get those on your hands? Yeah. Uh, well, how are you going to get them past your hands? Yeah, really? Right. Uh, and you know, armor is actually one of those things that is highly misunderstood, and weaponry, and of course, anybody who's run a game that uh, had the unfortunate capacity to have me in that game <laughs> has come to realize that um, growing up I developed kind of an understanding for weapons and armor and combat techniques of using certain things and yeah GMs don't like me for that <laughs> uh, especially right. because well go ahead oh I was I was just going to agree with you like oh man it can be such a pain uh, didn't we die to someone having to put their armor on yeah, have... that story. Yeah, you guys have. Let me just a few times. do a ten round, ten rounds, one full minute of combat, where most combats last what forty five seconds, which is fast for donning a full suit of full plate armor. Yeah, anybody who has paid attention to anything medieval, uh, and of course, there's some great channels on YouTube by people who uh, pay attention to historical accuracies of the time. Yeah. It can take up to a good 30 minutes Easily. with somebody helping you out at a casual pace to don your full suit of armor. And if you're rushing that shit, I would say maybe 15 minutes would be a good standard if you're at a full rush. And that's if you have someone who knows what they're doing. And that's if you, yeah, if your uh, companion knows what they're doing because you do need assistance to do a lot of the work on there. Uh, so to be able to don your armor in one minute is abnormally fast and when you compare the two especially the historical accuracy versus like the D&D rules yeah. there's a massive massive realistic deviation between real world physics and game yeah i don't know about wild. you guys like even just dressing in normal clothing fabric not metal fabric it can take you know anywhere between 30 seconds and a minute right or longer if you're being choosy about what the hell you're wearing yeah or if Which you're wearing something completely complicated, like, what were they, fucking trip pants? Trip pants. Oh my god, dude. Well, oh. even... I have a weird nostalgia for trip pants. Not that I ever wore them, I just... I don't know, I, I, I just get that, the warm fuzzies whenever I see them. They never something. had them in my size. I, I don't <laughs> know, like, um... I could see you wearing trip pants. For me, I'm up and out in five minutes, and that's unarmored. Yeah. Right. And most of that time is spent putting my shoes on, and, and for some reason, speed laces... Are not very speedy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised they're not up to Velcro. But, you know, like, if I was to don armor, let's say I'm going to go out and about medieval style and basically be wearing Peasant's version of chainmail, yeah. which is like a chainmail shirt, it is not as simple, I just throw it over my head and I'm good to go. I have to throw it over my head and adjust the buckles and straps to it because shit may have changed from one day to another. The material yeah, may have relaxed. extra bagel. Yeah. An extra bagel may have gone a little too, bit too far. Plus, if I want to counter the weight of that chainmail hanging uh, completely off my shoulders, then I have to add like a wide uh, brace belt, maybe about uh, two and a half, three inches wide, over or, my normal belt. Or double loop it. Or double loop it. Yeah, and that's just, that way now it's 
hips and shoulders, so yeah. like a camping backpack. Almost. So just basically a chainmail shirt uh, being worn properly is added two minutes minimum to my daily routine if I have to wear a chainmail shirt. Yeah, one thing I always see, and I feel like you see it in movies a lot too, is, you know, uh, if it's like a knight, say, you know, they have the uh, chainmail uh, hood. or uh, Coif. Yeah, the coif. The coif. I was going to say balaclava, but I know that's not right. The yeah, coif. coif. Coif is the word. Coif that goes over their head, and then the helmet. That's true, but you also got to remember, you have to wear the actual, like, quilted fabric padding under the uh, chainmail coif and the helmet because if you just wear the chainmail you won't have hair hair rip out all your skin your ears are gone the first time you get hit by a fucking weapon and that fucking bell you're wearing as a helmet clanks you're going deaf well not only that but the thing that's going to be absorbing all the impact is your skull (laughs) that's pretty much pretty much uh yeah and one of the things people don't understand and we did have a guy who explained it during one of our earlier D&D games. Uh, it's not exactly 100% factually true, but it does explain it a lot better. Is that plate mail armor is layered. Uh, unless it's made specifically to your body type, a lot of armors are layered. Like, you'll have the padded gamazon underneath your plate mail. Yeah. You know, you'll have padding underneath it. You'll have, like, um, thick leather bracers uh, for your van braces. You're going to have padding around your shoulders, especially uh, to def- the outer shell of the armor is going to deflect it, but the underlayer of the armor is what absorbs the shock. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's that fabric quilting, the gambeson, that's really going to turn armor from metal plates into something even mostly effective. Yeah, like wearing armor plates uh, against your clothing is a minimal amount of protection, and it's not going to uh, completely get rid of the force of impact. Yeah. All it's going to do is really turn away a blade so you don't get cut by it. Yes. Now, real quick, here's a, here's the thing. I just pulled up a video we're watching of someone donning their armor, and he's got, it looks like a chain long mail. sleeve shirt on top of something else, that, and he's slipping his chain mail over, and yeah, first attempt, fail. First attempt, fail. Yeah, and this is steel chain mail he's putting on, uh, steel being the predominant... Uh, material type that chainmail would be made out of or iron would also work as well depending on the region uh, I do understand that some cultures used bronze but these are all still three very heavy metals and a chainmail shirt on its own is about easily 25 pounds yeah yeah I'm seeing an issue with his armor here I'm seeing no adjustment straps so he is literally wearing just a straight he's wearing basically a straight it's made for uh, it looks like it was custom made for his body Yes, yeah. and that's it makes sense with chainmail like that. Like you would have to. So is is but that would sleeves... be for lords and high people who could actually afford that. And look, he's already got scrapes on his face. Yeah, and that's just from putting it on. That's, that's just basically a rust rubbing. Oh, it looks like pig. Uh, looks like mostly pig iron, but whatever. It could be badly treated. Regardless, um, one of the other things people don't understand about armor is, uh, especially in knightly courts. Uh, people who play armor-based characters in Dungeons and Dragons should have a hireling and/or squire as soon as fucking possible. Yeah. Otherwise, it is impossible to put on some of your armor pieces. Yeah. Like um, your standard full plate has breastplate, which is a two-piece set. It's a front and a back piece, as well as the the chainmail, basically shirt that we saw this guy wearing, right? Well, there's a lot of pieces that are tied on. Yeah, so there's there's tied on yeah. like all of the pauldrons, all of the arm segments from the upper arm, the lower arm, and the gauntlet. That is, like the, the lower arm and the gauntlet is typically one piece. Just slide your hand in. Yeah, usually the van brace and gauntlet are uh, the same piece. And then there's another piece for your upper arms and the elbow, which and bumping the table. Um. And then your pauldrons, which may or may not be part of that piece. Some of them are, some of them aren't. Yeah, the pauldrons are a strange piece. Um, Those are actually a pain in the ass to put on. Yeah, and like, you know, we watched a minute and a half video of a guy trying to put on a chain shirt, right? Yeah. And that's just the the over-the-head, down, let the weight do all the work. And And that's a custom-fitted. Imagine if he had an adjustable. Because dollars to donuts, he's not going to be that size forever. Give it, like... Five years. Actually, um, that's another thing too, and you'll see this in artwork occasionally. Uh, the way the rings are uh, attached together, and I've done chain mailing on my own, so this is actually 
one of the first things they tell you in making chain mail is when you see the pattern, it looks like it'll um, like a wavy line going up and down. Yeah, that's the way the chainmail should look. If it's a wavy line going horizontally when the chains are linked together, your chainmail was was made wrong. Because if the wavy line is vertical, uh, when you put it on, of course, um, you're a bigger boy than I am, and he's a bit of a bigger boy in the midsection than I am currently. I'm a fat I'm ass, the biggest I'm... boy. But the point is, when you have the wavy line going um, vertical. vertical instead of horizontal, that's because the uh, if somebody does some working out, lifting weights, or eating too many donuts, they're going to expand in the midsection, and the armor is going to expand as well. It becomes adjustable for your uh, all-around circum circumference. Yeah. But yeah. if you're wearing it so the... the your girth. Yeah, so if you're wearing the chainmail and the pattern is horizontal, and you'll see this in artwork a lot with a horizontal pattern, it does look better. But but it doesn't. You have a one good one good fat meal. You know your Thanksgiving turkey dinner. You have your Thanksgiving dinner, and that may uh, be that won't little, fit. Might be a little bit too tight. Yeah, and I mean it, it's one of those things. Like my current uh, psychic character, he just has a breastplate because it's literally the least amount of armor he can have without reducing himself to studded leather. And right. it, it does enough protection. Like I notice the plus four when I have it equipped and when I don't, and I can slap it on generally by myself but now that i have a uh, companion because we're seventh level uh that's going to be her main job and i mean it it's a thing where just like my ancestors the the spanish conquistadores they came through and most of them they had a helmet they had maybe a breastplate if they you know had the money otherwise it was just padded fucking not even leather it was like quilted armor because they were using muskets and stuff and it was like just anything but if you had a breastplate and you had, say, you know, some really good riding boots, that was the only sort of armor-ish stuff you had. I feel like quilted armor always gets forgotten about, you know? It's either, like, full plate mail or it's leather armor. But no one ever seems to remember quilted armor, and that's really weird to me, you know? Uh, because quilted is the softer armor. Doesn't preserve well. And, yeah, it comes with the Charmin Bears, your logo. <laughs> <laughs> At the same token, like... You know what? It, what padded armor does is it blunts things. That's what you know. It's like walking around with a pillow strapped to you. Basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. Basically. Or several pillows. That's the cases actually. But yeah, padded ar or quilted armor, padded armor, soft armors like that uh, are typically made more for mobility, and in hot climates are shit. Yeah. Because uh, armor is actually really it, it's temperature uh, sensitive. Very temperature sensitive. Like, we got a guy right now on screen. He's got what looks like a three-quarter plate. Yeah, about three-quarter yeah, three plate. plate. The only thing he's missing is the back, the back, plate, the back uh, breastplate piece. Uh, and he had the, assistance putting it on, and the assistance. time clock was like nine minutes and a half. Yeah, he's got assistance. He's not trying to put it on in a fucking tent during combat. Plus, still, he's already got his under padding on. If he had to yeah. start from that, it'd be a different story. Yeah, still. Uh, but, yeah, the, the thing is, his armor... Padded is not very temperature specific, but if you're wearing that during a hot summer day, In holy Georgia. fuck! Oh, I mean, just you just think of the Crusades when they were over in the literal fucking Middle East. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that it's one of the weird things too. Is like uh, there is a channel on YouTube that goes into historical accuracies of uh, medieval armor. Is it Scalagrim? Uh, no, not Scalagrim. Okay. Uh, this is a guy who's actually more or aligned. Uh, with universities and shit and oh, the way okay. he uh, approaches stuff. Uh, so he's going out of like history books and shit and actually brings in people from societies that try to preserve the historical aspects. Interesting. Um, and one of the ones that really was neat is he actually dressed up in his full armor during the wintertime, hopped out on his horse, and he's like, I'm fucking done with this. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was only out for filming for like five minutes and the only heat he had his body was retaining was from his cloak. Because the armor was just basically sucking so cold, his armor, it was sucking his, his body heat right out. I can imagine. I mean, because like when you make like a cocktail and like a you know a cocktail shaker and you have the ice in there, I mean that shit gets cold real fast. Well, it's, it's because metal. It's because metal transmits heat very very well, and it will transmit from high heat to low heat quickly. Yeah, it's, it's like those fucking aluminum cups from the seventies. Yeah, <laughs> where you put some ice in there, you put your Kool Aid in the cup, you go to pick it up, and your hand like. 
gets frostbitten and sticks to the fucking side of the fucking cup because yeah. he's frozen to it. Uh, so armor has, and one of the neat things though is like D and D doesn't really cover these bases very well. They don't talk about temperature except for high heat. Yeah, they they rarely like they act like armor is an insulator in cold weather. Like it's okay to go out in full plate during oh a snowstorm and you'll be all right, dude. Like <laughs> a night, I mean, the poor knight that decided to go free balling. The one day he put his armor on in the snow. Oh, Jesus. Like, he pulls it off, you know, and just, like, you know, fucking the skin just, like, you know, just, like, sticks to the underside of his armor. It's like, "Mm, slap. Oh, yeah. That's when you fetch him a glass of hot water, and then he realizes I should let that cool down a little. Uh, (laughs) But but there's there's a guy on YouTube, just real quick to get back in. Okay, he's going to talk about Shad. No, I'm not. I pulled up this video, so it's in my history. It's God, I hate looking at his face. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, you go to, there's this YouTuber guy, uh, which does all the things. He does, like, what did knights have? What did peasants eat? What did you do for soap? How did you keep a horse? How did you grow things? He does all this shit. Right? Townsend? Uh, is it the long-haired guy? Uh, Skinny white dude lives in... He uh, does a lot of, like, um, uh, 17th and 18th century stuff. Yeah, but but anyways, he goes through shit. the whole thing, and he actually goes out on one of these nights, uh, one of these like cold, fucking snowy evenings. He goes out on one of those nights. <laughs> one of those nights. Hey, okay. So so he puts on his full gear, right, and then goes to do a walkabout. Yeah. And oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, and dude, like you could see. Like, the fucking frost go across the sheen yeah. of his armor. <laughs> yeah, that video was nuts. And, and, dude, it was fucking nuts. And it was just a cold night in, like, I think it was, like, rural England or something. Yeah. And I was like, fuck that, dude. Yeah, we're like, gonna have to... Oh, yeah, that's part of the reason why you're wearing uh, the padded armor underneath it is not only for shock absorbent, but to stay from getting hypothermia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Won't help you for hypotherm or hyperthermia. Hyperthermia is the upper. Hyperthermia is the opposite, yes. It's too yeah, damn hot. But yeah, um, that that's definitely one of the things when you got to think about armor. And most people are like, oh, I'll just get studded leather armor, and it's like, all right, cool. So you're wearing an armor that's kind of fake, doesn't really exist. Oh, yeah, kind of like um, cobbler armor. Yep. Yeah, you know, the, the apple pie pattern they put into it. Oh yeah. It looks nice. It looks great, but not realistic. The other thing about armor that really gets me too, uh, especially in medieval and fantasy games is the mobility stuff. They always yeah. talk about how, like, leather armor is basically a, a leather jacket. You're okay. But if you put on a full suit of uh, full plate mail uh, and your gamma's on underneath, you know, you're, you're foregoing the chain except in certain areas, you have, like, really shit for mobility. You're basically a walking turtle and you'll get knocked over. You'll fall down, help. I can't get up. Call EMS. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, they they put this to the test. They they had a policeman in full riot gear, they had a fireman in full fire gear, and a guy dressed in full plate armor, and ran them through an obstacle course. Guess yeah. who won? The guy in full plate. Huh. <laughs> the guy in full plate, he went through the obstacle course, no problems. Interesting. There was only a couple of times where, you know, like, the other guys had, like, a little bit of a leg up on him. You know, you got a guy in full riot gear, basically, which is a good 35 pounds of material. Easy. You got the firefighter. He's in, in like, 45 pounds. He's in 45 pounds. It's really thick. It's durable as shit. (laughs) Fire retardant. But physically, the firemen, you know, and I've known quite a a few firemen. So physically, usually these guys do a lot of working out. So you know he's physically fit underneath all that. And plus, they gotta stay physically fit because you don't know what you're going up to next time a call comes in. So you gotta be ready all the time. And then you got some dude in full plate who just smokes them, <laughs> right? Uh, so full plate, one of the big misnomers is is you are nothing more than a battle turtle. Yeah, battle turtle. Uh, you know, and there are times that, you know, of course, you are weighing uh, weighed down with a lot of material. You do need assistance to get on your horse. You know, swamps are not your friend. <laughs> Uh, but moving around through a battlefield, you will have no problem as long as you stay upright. And even if you uh, fall down, yeah, getting back up isn't too hard. In that weird way, the movie Excalibur, when Arthur is fighting Mordred and they get knocked down and they just roll over and get right back up, yeah. is actually more historically accurate than the depiction of a knight just getting knocked over. And not being able to get up without assistance. Yeah. Well, it's... there were those fat, drunk high lords that would do that. Oh, yeah. Because, absolutely. you know, they didn't give a fuck. They were just there to look pretty because they weren't the hard fuckers. 
The hard fuckers were their ancestors who actually carved out a fucking small fiefdom in their family's name. That, yeah. That is true. I think it's, uh, one of the things I've been thinking about this whole time is kind of the, uh, I, I think for most uh, gamers, it's kind of a misconception that light armor is light. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, no. No, it's light armor as in it's not as... Uh, it doesn't. Have oh, I, okay, power. I stand corrected. Somebody just pulled up the video, and it is not in full riot gear. It is full military gear. Full soldier kit. Okay, so I do stand corrected on that. My memory did not serve me entirely appropriately, but whatever. So, okay. The... The important thing here is this is them in full kit. <laughs> There's like a five pound difference in full armor between full kit and not full kit. Yeah, Everyone so the fireman's still coming out on top, like I said, uh, as far as weight goes. But yeah, and uh, you, you think about a lot of these people like, oh, well, I want to have a uh, uh, fucking the, the padded or, or the, no, not padded armor, the, um, what the fuck was it? They want the, the Japanese fucking slotted armor. Oh, the samurai lamellar. Yeah, actually, the samurai lamellar armor is fascinating. Uh, if you watch it's the, it's oddly satisfying to watch them make that. It's oddly satisfying to watch them make it. It's also oddly satisfying to see how mobile that armor is. And part of the neat thing about that armor compared to metal armor is the uh, Japanese uh, style of armor actually is designed to breathe. Mm -hmm. So you won't get too hot during uh, combat. Because, you know... It'll vent the heat. Yeah, yeah, which is really clever. Very clever. I mean, that's some really high-end uh, design for a medieval-era style of armor. Yeah, and then you go further into that to the other Asian armor types, like uh, Mongolians. What was it that they would wear? Goddamn Mongolians. <laughs> Goddamn Mongolians! But they, they kind of had the same thing where, it, uh, I think it was, was it wooden? Uh, was it, it, it was, I'm not sure. I can't remember now, but they, they basically had more of like a leather-ish armor. Uh, and yeah, it, it's fucking nuts. Yeah, just because it says light on the armor does not mean it's light. Yeah, you're, you're well, not going to be running around like Usain Bolt or something. <laughs> well, what it is, is it's light by comparison. So, yeah. in general, a set of light armor, we'll use leather because it's the common one, yeah. is going to be thinner and way less than a you know, a medium or a heavy armor, which is more metal. Metal is not a light thing. But leather armor is still, you know, I don't know, inch thick in parts, some of them. Depends on how it's made, really. Yeah. And yeah. the other thing about it is, is like, that's still a lot of bulk. And, it, you know, the weight of these armors is distributed more about how your body is with how they're fitted. And without that fitting, it's just nothing. That's true. Yeah, a lot of the armors that were made for medieval era, and, you know, depending whether... It doesn't matter if it was east or west. Usually the person who wore the armor had that armor fitted for that individual for maximum ability and protection. Yeah. Right. It's, and, it's why our buddy uh, Sinister Steel, like, I've heard him say in no uncertain terms, if you come to me with a request for armor, I will take your measurements... And you are getting the suit, which is designed for you and you only. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the other misnomers that they have, especially in role-playing games. Now, modern day is a bit different because we got buckles, straps, and all that neat shit. And everything's made pretty much one-size-fits-all according to whatever letter is on the back of the armor, whether it's S, M, or L. Yeah. But in D&D, like, you guys will be trouncing through a dungeon and you'll be like, a breastplate of luminescence plus three. And you can immediately take that out and just slap it on, and you're good to go. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Magic ma size changing armor. Magic size changing armor. It doesn't matter if it was made for a guy with a pot belly or a girlish waist. You can yeah. just slap that shit right on and go. Well, like, the best explanation for that in, like, D&D &D is, as part of the enchantments, sizing. Which is, it's the simplest, yeah, it's if the simplest. also the cheapest way to get around. But at the same time, okay, now, now okay. That is actually a good explanation, of course, because magic is wibbly-nibbly in D&D. But at the same time, you can have somebody go through the exact same scenario, and they'll just find a breastplate. And they'll be like, oh, that's an armor upgrade. Yeah. Okay, no magic involved. Same outcome. I mean, and that comes down to GM discretion, because sometimes it's like, oh, this is a goblin's breastplate. Oh, this is one for a half-giant. 
I always appreciate when the GM takes that little second and say it's like uh, specify wo- uh, who the armor was made for. You know, true. Yeah, and the other thing is like most GMs will have a method. You know, all it takes is like, okay, you can wear it. It's not going to give you quite as good benefits because it's not made for your size. Sorry, bro. You can get it resized, yeah, and if, that's if I you take know the, the fucking pauldrons of the fucking pixie. I'm not exactly going to be able to fit those on my half orc. You can put it on the tips of your fingers. Pixie pauldrons. <laughs> they need to be like little, uh, what are they called? Those um, thimbles. Right? <laughs> yeah, as far as uh, armor is concerned, especially in the fantasy genre, it, there's a lot of historical inaccuracies yeah. and a lot of mathematical inaccuracies. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that needs to be paid attention. It's really strange because if you pay attention to this stuff, especially in combat, um, Ooh, we had this happen in one game. Uh, I killed a knight because I uh, disemboweled him uh-huh. by bypassing all of his armor just with one called shot. Because uh, I was playing a uh, assassin type character, so I would know about these anatomical things in character. Yeah. So when the knight came at me, all I did was basically just drop to the ground and stab him in the nutsack. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, right in that spot where there's a thin membrane that keeps all your intestines from popping out. Yeah. Uh, Boink! Just totally bypass your armor I hit. Even though when I made the roll, the GM was like, okay, well, you're still going to have to roll versus AC. And I'm like, that's mechanically the way the game system works, but I'm actually doing this attack to bypass his armor entirely. And it's kind of funny because when you're wearing armor in a role-playing game, for some reason, once you have that number written down, it covers everything. It's like, I want to fucking give him a wet willy. Sorry he's wearing full plate. That's, you know, plus 10 AC. Yeah. You know, um, I feel like maybe we should have said this at the beginning of the episode, but a lot of what we're talking about is more like the realistic uh, realistic aspects for armor. And, of course, this is a fantasy game, you know, we're talking about yeah. uh, incorporating into. So, it's... Take it with a grain of salt, but if this is for a GM. Maybe if you want to focus more on a little realism in your campaign. So, you know, it's all just things to consider. And it's keep an, things to consider or just yeah. mull over. Or if somebody gets into an argument with you, you can be like, well, those dickheads over at BFG say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's that one stupid of cunt moniker. Because it's like, <laughs> all right, so I find elven armor, right? Yeah. But I'm not an elf. But you're not does, an elf. But, but does that mean it's like built for a slender ways? You know, there's all these little things. If I find the fucking... Goblin Dog Slicer of Doom. Oh, you, know? you want Elven Armor, you fucking queer? Well, okay, it's like Skyrim. No matter what you find in a chest, it doesn't matter if it's uh, hide leather, leather armor, Daedric armor, it doesn't matter. Yeah, No matter what, armor. everybody is the exact same size in chest to hip ratio. Yeah, I love it especially. And yeah. I don't know about you, but Khajiit versus Redguard? That's not the same body physique. I don't know about you... But if I'm playing a female character and I've just slain eight male bandits, but I can go, oh, that's a better armor, and, and pull it off of the corpse and then put it on immediately. Okay, you know what? Just like the movies, we're going to have to entertain a certain disconnect of reality, okay? Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, and that's, that's definitely a, a thing. You know, That's why I think the way we're rolling in uh, the... Rise of the Return of the Rune Lords. Yes, Return yes. of. Return, trying return, to remember between the return two. of the Rise of the Rune Lords Origins. <laughs> Rise of the Railroads with new phone. Yeah, uh, is we're doing a thing where we literally just stockpile it, sell what we can, scrap the rest. Pretty much. That's kind of how. Uh, so, sorry, finish your mm-hmm. problem. That, that's kind of how we have to roll it because everyone already spent their, you know, thousand gold or whatever. To get specific stuff like like me, it's like I just have a breastplate and I got my gun for free. I don't care about anything else. I'm literally looking for a ring of hidden psychic mastery. That's the only thing I'm looking for. Which, funny enough, um, <laughs> he's figured out a, a real yeah. world of it, so he wants it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's... yeah weapons and armor in role playing games are highly misunderstood, in my opinion, anyway. Especially like fucking guns. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, guns are beyond misunderstood. I love the fact that the hit point system, yeah, just totally like kind of circumnavigates and circumvents, and then throws the car in the reverse, and then backs over the gun, <laughs> and then dries off cackling because for some reason, of course, armor class and hit points, and the gun was the big thing in history that made armor no longer relevant. 
Yeah. Because it's like, I bypass your armor with a high-speed projectile. Fuck you! Yeah. And, and everything why in your general direction. And let's also make a point here. The crossbow did that, too. The crossbow actually oh, made life easier. For, uh, the bow took a certain level of expertise, training, and talent to be able to use effectively, plus upper body strength. The crossbow leveled the playing field because anybody could do it. Point, shoot, crank. You guys need to remind me, was it... Um, was the crossbow uh, made specifically to bypass chainmail or plate mail? So, what it was... At least in Europe. I think what it was is probably heavy plate. And the reason I... I don't know about the reason the original crossbows were made. But I do know that crossbows were actually banned by the church, the Catholic Church, long ago. Because... They gave a peasant a chance to kill a knight without a without the knight having a chance to defend his honor. Huh. I learned something today. <laughs> well, that, you know, and there was no, um, what, what would they call it? The, uh, CRA? There, there was no group law. Oh, the yeah. amendment of crossbow ownership. Yeah, they didn't have fucking Charlton Heston showing up to the castle. And and, yeah. and they didn't say, you know, um, the laws regarding bows and arrows only, um... Explicitly reference bows and arrows, not crossbows. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that's definitely a thing of, you know, these weapons completely change the world, but we're running in a fantasy game where, depending on how people run it, you could just have guns be super common. Well, the and there's still people running around in full plate armor. Well, the weird part, though, yeah. This is funny to me. That, that, that actually goes back full circle on what I was just talking about. Parry this casual. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because guns. Uh, even a, let's say, a thirty-eight Smith & Wesson. Uh -huh. You know, your, your back pocket holdout weapon. Unless it's a small, like, twenty-two, which, again, a twenty-two in the right location oh, for a shot can be devastating, but it can also be about the same as throwing M&Ms at somebody. Yeah. Uh, a twenty-two is kind of one of those weird, wibbly-nibbly weapons, but <laughs> when you start getting up into the .38 categories and above, that's when you get into a really high lethality index. And like he just said, fantasy game, dude's wearing armor. And you got a guy with a gun who somehow can take like 10 shots at the guy in armor and not kill him. Even though guns are were the great equalizer pre-Renaissance. Goblin, I'll show you my lethality index. Now, I got your lethality index right here, baby. Something back in the world of armor is we laugh so hard because every time our friends over at Sinister Steel talk to us about it, look at this uh, knight here. His... Um, yeah, I know yeah. we're on a fucking radio show. I got a fucking face for radio, voice for TV. Leave me alone. Um, okay, so he's showing off a picture you guys can't see. It's your stereotypical fantasy armor. Yeah, and, and uh, Sinister Steel was always talking about how the plates actually are supposed to, you know, connect together. The way this guy is, he goes to lean forward. He's stabbing himself because it's not one over the other. It's the lower one is over the top one. So when you bend forward, it goes up. Yeah. Because right now, if... Uh, was it's um? He's gonna stab his peony if he sits down. That too. Yeah. But I'm talking more about like the mid area here. So for those of you who are like having trouble picturing this, this is sort of chevroned in several layers, going down from the shoulder level down. Fuck, dude, you don't need to uh, need to challenge this guy to a duel. You just need to say, hey, there's a penny on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just sit down and you'll stab your own guts because it's chevroned down and pointing towards his navel. So yeah. Uh, fantasy armor has a lot of weird things, but uh, multiple sources, and since we're on the topic of armor, and I'm still trying to move towards guns, because I love guns. Gun, 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 uh, gun. I'm a gun guy. I like guns. I admit it. If a guy came at me with a broadsword, and he was more than 30 paces away, I'd, you know, put two in his chest, watch him drop, and then put another into his head, confirm the kill, and go on my day. <laughs> but, uh, when it comes to armor... Uh, a couple of sources, and of course, I hate to reference him, but Shadversity is one of those two references. Yeah. But another one came up, and again, it was, this was one of those you know medieval armor-speaking uh, guys um, with universities and shit. And yes, ladies, boob armor is okay. <laughs> uh, terrible idea. Actually, no, no, no. It, it, it depends on the design of the boob armor. If each boob has a cup, <laughs> okay if each boob has a cup over it and your enemy comes with a say a vertical downward thrust towards your face yeah. with his axe or sword 
the, the shape of the armor, if he hits, make a uh, torso ch- uh, hit towards the center, so just underneath the collarbone, yeah. the boobs will force the blade down and inwards towards the chest. So with a good strike like that, if the weapon is heavy enough, it could penetrate the armor and damage tissue beneath. Yeah. Uh, thus, bypassing the armor's protective capabilities. Especially if it's an axe, because axes are wonderful weapons. But, if the boob armor is designed so it is one continuous sheet over both boobs with a curl underneath, so it's more like a standard chest plate, but just more oomph on the front. Yeah. Uh, when the sword comes down, it won't find that angle to the, delve, delve the, into. The crevice. The crevice. I, I so basically, if the armor is uh, basically like an upside-down heart shape, or yeah. a spade, if you will, uh, with a rounded top and cups underneath, basically, but no cups on the top, that means the sword strike, when it comes down from the top angle or a side angle, will be more likely deflected away. I suppose the danger could be there, though, that, you know, depending on the angle that the sword is, or whatever weapon is coming from, it could slide up and get you in the neck. It could, but that's why you have the, um, the neck pieces. The neck piece, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. gorget. Yeah, that's why you have the gorget. Uh, it depends on the armor, but most of the reasons plate armor is effective is by deflecting blows. Yeah. Uh, like, half of the design, easily, is to deflect sword strikes, especially when it comes to the helmet. A lot of helmets were uh, mostly uh, really good, especially like the Roman helmets or even the penis Greek helmet. Uh, really yeah, good, yeah. because when somebody goes to strike at your head, yeah. it instead just goes, of finding shing. a flat plane to ha- hit, it will uh, glance off. Yeah, the, God, it's such a shame, it's, because the Corinthian helmet is such an iconic helmet, but oh, its its visibility was so shitty. So shitty. So shitty. Which is why the Roman helmet was a really good game changer, because look at how much visibility this guy has. I mean, it comes down with the ear flaps that are probably, what, you'd say about half inch or so behind, like, the edge of your peripheral vision. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, for boob armor, if you are going to do each cup, ladies... Um, here, here's the moniker suggestion for you. Get little metal spikes, like some caltrops, right? And then just solder them to where your nips would be. And then just start bear-hugging all of your opponents, you know? <laughs> Boom! Insta-kill, right there. I mean, you'd have to get some Are pretty serious stiletto. Yes. <laughs> stiletto nips. I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking like six-inch stiletto nips. Yeah, kind of like a Madonna rocket boob thing going on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, like a fucking tank girl. Tank ye, girl. Ye old a tank girl. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking like the Madonna cone bra thing yeah. that she was doing back in the 80s. <laughs> the fucking flamethrowers. <laughs> the fucking flamethrowers. Yeah. Uh, but then again, you know, like, and again, I'm going to go back on oh, this because fuck. I have to say it. Oh. But okay. guns in a, a RPG yeah. should kill within three shots fired. Yeah. If you hit your opponent within three rounds, there should be a 33% chance that you insta-kill your opponent when you go called shot, head, you make your attack, you hit, you're allowed to do damage, you should have like a 33% modifier on the first round to kill your opponent instantly, a 66% on the second shot. You know, that way it's a little bit balanced, your opponent, your the, the other player character or opponent has time to go, shit, maybe this uh, combat wasn't a good idea. But usually when you make cold shot head, you hit somebody with a 50 cal. I don't care what his armor class is. The fucker is going down. (laughs) Oh, you know, I had another great idea. Because I've been thinking about tits a lot. Of course we all think about tits, dude. Okay. Always relevant. But instead of the stilettos, right? What you do is you get some flail heads, right? You get some chains. So you become the flail snail. No, no, yes. he's talking about like tassels, you know? Yeah, like tassels, but they're flails, and then you can just like motorboat them to death. <laughs> or that fucking be. Why dude. don't you just That'd have. A horrible Okay, thing why don't you just get your standard armor made with tits on the tits? Yes. To distract your opponent, because now instead of one pair, there's three pairs. Yeah, you know how like in like a ceremonial Roman armor, they would always put like, you know, uh, face masks that look like actual like weeping faces or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just do that. Just <laughs> weeping faces on the chest plate. Yeah. And we brought something up about visibility that I don't think we've really touched on much. Sure. No, we haven't touched on visibility yet. So, most full plate in fantasy settings is assumed to include a helmet or be swapped out with some other magic item that typically players will get. Yeah. yeah. Some head slot thing. The thing about it is, is depending on the style of that helmet that it comes with, you are going to be garbage. 
at trying to see and hear things. Yeah, it's. I was reading about one of them, and one of the more popular. Um, sorry, I'm not derailing you. Like it's like going to war no, no. with an okay. armored Halloween mask. But continue. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, like you guys are familiar with the frog lip uh, helmet, right? Yeah. Yeah, like one thing I did not realize about the frog lip helmet is, at least in most of them, they were made for because you always see them in like games and fantasy. You know, knights going to battle wearing those. Truth is, those were for tournament jousting tournaments only. Because when you put those on, you couldn't turn your head in those. So they were made specifically. They had good visibility and great protection, but you were just going forward because you were jousting. So you weren't going to be turning your head until you were either on the ground being knocked off your horse or until you made it successfully to the other side. So it's you know interesting little things like that. Yeah, a lot of the uh, armors that they have in RPGs are... what They're stylized all the fuck, you know? And of course, it's it's like going into a movie. Yeah. You, know, you got a, that suspension of disbelief going on. Because a lot of the times, of course, these helmets are made in grandiose fashion or drawn out in a fashion that is completely bullshit. Yeah. Uh, but and realistically, totally stupid. But look great on paper and, you know... Part of the reason why we roleplay is, you know... Escapism. My, escapism, yeah. and there's shit my character can do in-game that I could never do in real life. Yeah, for real. So exactly. if I want to look like a badass wearing a helmet with giant demon horns on it, and still manage to, like, waylay an entire army, I can do that in a role-playing game. Yeah, and for real, I mean, I mean, I like realism, and especially with my arms and armor, but fuck, if you're at my gaming table, I'm not going to give you shit or even care if you want to put, like, horns and, you know... Shit on your Viking helmet. It's like it's it, decorative. It, yeah, you know, and that's the thing that's, well, that's important on, yeah. is like if you're playing in that sort of this is a fantasy, do what you want mindset. Yeah, if it's deco and doesn't change the stats, fucking do it. I guess it depends on just how stringent you want to be with. The well, like if you're that... trying to add spikes to your helmet and be like, oh, I'm gonna headbutt the guy, then I have issue. <laughs> I'm gonna headbutt you. I'm gonna headbutt you. <laughs> gonna headbutt you. Oh yeah, and then you get into like you know, sci-fi, and helmets are completely... They're either doable or they don't. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. There's like, no in-between. It's like, we're looking at one right now from Star Wars. Everyone knows the Red Guard, you know? Yeah, the Crimson Guard. Yeah, fucking... <laughs> they have to do the Batman turn, you know, from, like, Batman... What was it, 1981? You know, the, the, the neat yeah, thing the about those helmets is they always yeah. look kind of like uh, moth larvae when they go into their shell. Oh, oh yeah. my god, they totally do. <laughs> yeah, they look like moth larvae when they're, like, in the pupil stage in their shell. Uh, those helmets are, like, by far some of the stupidest ones I've ever seen. And fantasy armor, or I should say sci-fi armor, yeah, is either completely stupid or it's awesome. Yeah. Like, Boba Fett's armor, his helmet was super badass, and it worked. Mm -hmm. He had total visibility and a lot of protection. Yeah. And you can tell by the design it was based off of uh, basically period Roman. Uh, I think uh, Greek. No, no, it's it's built off the Greek style. Okay, so it's built off Greek style. Greeks, Romans, they're all ah, Greeks, Romans. They were both stealing from each other. Like, hey, let's take but, their culture and their gods. But still, the uh, Romans were the... appropriating culture before it was cool. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, remember. Apparently, now Caesar was black. Anyways, that moving can't. on. Uh, so another thing with sci-fi helmets is they usually get teched out, and you think about it, you've got furries who have these giant heads and they just have nothing but fans going in there to keep cool. Yeah. And you want to tell me that you've got a fucking supercomputer inside this helmet? Oh god. How yeah. much fucking heat are you putting out? And they're like, oh, let's see if I can find one from the back. Uh, uh oh, he's looking for Boba Fett's helmet from the back. He mm. wants to hit Boba Fett from the back. Blasphemous just wants to look a Mandalorian helmet. He does. He does. Yeah, I and it's weird. It's like uh, the Tantal helmet <laughs> Was really good. Which one? The Tantal helmet, which um, kind of is a... Uh, it's the one that Lando Calrissian was wearing in the third movie. The, the one with the little swirl thing? The one with the little swirls in front when he was pretending to be a guard for Jabba the Hutt. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Tantal armor helmet works. Uh, the Forest Trooper armor works, especially the way that it was designed with the uh, side... Basically, if, it, if these were horses, they'd be called blinkers, but it had the uh, visor... Come up on the side and over the top. Yeah. Basically to help block sun. A very doable helmet. And then of course you got like the Crimson Guard or the Snow uh the Snow Troopers. They can't turn their head. Well they, the, the Snow Troopers can't, because that's just fabric, isn't it? Well, no. The, the, the Snow Troopers, uh it was a it was plastic down to about neckline, then it was yeah, I'll, uh, I'll show you polymer. What... Okay. But they couldn't really turn their head. 
And I know they're called assault troopers, you fucks. Whatever. I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying that no, to our angry fans. Okay. I love you guys. I know they're called assault I, troopers. I don't know what's going on. I Okay, so we're looking up snow troopers right now. See? Yeah, see, so... Star Wars. Okay, may, okay. Well, maybe they could turn their heads. I don't know. My the red guard sure has helped. You know what they kind of remind me of? Are you guys familiar with the? Um, That's just weird. I don't know. This is turned into the sci-fi uh, review from. I I gamers. don't know, dude. Like, they have the problem I have with uh, stormtroopers now is they're like GI Joes from the nineties. Yeah, you need you one have a, for every dome. You, you or they're like elves. You need one you for go. every environment. Now you got beach troopers, forest troopers, snor snor uh, snort, snorkel troopers, snorkel troopers, <laughs> yeah, desert it's troopers. So dumb. But uh, but I just want to say this real quick, blessings well, before you go on there. But what the snow trooper helmets? Because we're this is the one we have up. Yeah, this is the one we have up. It reminds me. Are you guys familiar with like the Indian Rajputs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah. Kinda, it kind of looks like them a little bit. A little bit. But yeah, I was definitely getting uh. God, I don't know why the Gurkhas are in my head, but yeah, um, I, I can see where you're coming with where they've got this big old back panel because I made I made a helmet in Metal Shop back in uh, fuck 2008. Yeah. No, no, earlier than that, 2007. Um, and it was on this design, and it, it literally just had it. this giant metal fucking swoop back because I was gonna do the fabric bit and the fucking goggles. Yeah. Never got around to it. But, dude, that thing was ungodly heavy, and to turn, like, I was going to slice my shoulders. Ah. Yeah. Because it has this piece that comes down and out, but not out enough. Yeah. And, that's, and if you look up, that's going to be a bitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that, yeah, unless somebody does, like, an uppercut, that helmet is going to, like... Fatality. Yeah, right, <laughs> right in the back of the neck, dude. Like, you do need Like, these troopers protection. would stand no chance against John Wick in a book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, saying, I'm just saying the back of that helmet being uh, hard as it is uh, and the shape of it. I mean, you give one good uppercut and just like shove the back of his helmet into his spine. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I was wrong about them turning their heads, but apparently there are still other flaws you could incorporate. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just one of those things of like, yeah, they have different designs for everything. And I kind of like the beach trooper helmet. I kind of want to incorporate part of that into my Sith persona, just the top part. Oh, uh, you are disgusting me right now. Why? That's that's Disney stuff. I, I can steal from them. Admiral Akbar deserves a Proper good funeral. ending. Yeah. Damn right he does. I must say though that the uh, the fan arts of of Samurai Lamellar style stormtroopers is pretty great. Well, it's not even fan yeah. art. That's the original art. He uh, did you did you ever go into the was it EMP? Up there. Did Dumbass. you ever go to the EMP to see the actual Star Wars exhibit with all the original stuff? Uh, years no, ago, I don't believe oh, yeah. I did. So we went there, and Lucas's original inspiration was like fucking samurai armor. Yeah badass um and that was part of the thing because he wasn't gonna have everyone walking around with fucking lightsabers like they were fucking nothing nothing unusual that was yorks okay somebody left their phone on Where's, get, get the hold boy your, be good hold stick. your finger out it's time for the boy be good stick no <laughs> your phone went off you fuck it's an orc it's what i do okay you know what i'm gonna snap you by surprise then no. you won't be ready for it i'm gonna get you don't do it. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> Most, yeah, it's really weird though because we're looking up uh, pictures of fantasy armor and sci-fi like armor. First, I like how the first results are the fucking Lego Star Wars <laughs> and the first and the little speedos. Speedos. <laughs> and that one's like Liu Kang in a stormtrooper helmet, but yeah, like the fucking fantasy helmets uh, for sci-fi level of stuff are either hit or miss. They're either like woefully inadequate, way too much, or not enough. Yeah. And it's kind of strange because you get like the uh, Space Marines from Aliens. Perfectly viable. You get the troopers from um, Starship, Stor troopers. Starship Troopers. Perfectly viable armor. Yeah. Right? Even the Uwaja, uh the Predators. Oh, uh, yeah. Their armor, uh, like I had a conversation with a guy about this and he was like, well, that armor is completely ineffectual and it's stupid and stuff. And I'm like, it grants them cloaking, which is a tactical advantage on any battlefield. Secondly, they're uh, hunters, not soldiers. Yeah, that's true. So they're, they're going out to hunt prey and challenge their own strength. So they're is... not out for war. They're not out to win. They're out to challenge themselves. 
yeah. the other, you know, another big part of this is like hunting armor is very, very different than the armor you use to send your boys to war. Yeah, so like if you're sending your boys to war, you want them to come back so they can keep fighting. Hey. If you're hunting. Like like Goblin said, it is expressly to challenge yourself. Yeah, they're they're grow. expressly challenging themselves, and it's probably part of their cultural heritage to not wear too much fucking armor to uh, increase the challenge of the hunt. Yeah, this is a hunt not of getting trophies and prizes, is like deer hunting. It's bragging rights. This is bragging rights that I survived hunting these things down, wearing nothing more than a loincloth, with the basic supplies any hunter would take. Yeah, yeah, and the other thing about that, you know. More armor means more investment for cloaking energies. But again, whatever that is. But but like their faceplate, their helmet. Basically, they have excellent visibility. The uh, you know even if the optics go out, the lenses over the eyes are close enough to the eyes that they still can see most of the surrounding environment. It doesn't cover their ability to uh, listen to their surroundings. Yeah. So, and plus it gives them the ability to breathe the environment, which is helpful, but they also have a full range of motion of their neck so they can look left, look right, and be on the ball. So as far as hunting armor goes, it's fucking great. It's face protection. Yeah. It's, it's basically a glorified hockey mask with special things yeah. built in. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. Uh, yeah, and... But it's totally viable. And it does take into account their, you know, their, the mandible shape, right? Which is not something that all fantasy races' armors do. Like, for example... You take one of these creatures and you try and put them in a human helmet. They're not going to be able to get it over their face. They're going to click really angrily at you. Oh, they wouldn't D&D because it's magic. I mean, yeah. Slurp. Slurp. You could pull that card and it's one of the better ways to do it. But at the same time, you know, uh, my Goliath is not going to be able to fit a halfling helmet for any type. Even if they they share the same, you know, bone structure, just scaled differently. Yeah. That is absolutely true, especially in sci-fi fantasy games. Like, and again, this brings us kind of like back to D and D. But getting into sci-fi fantasy, again, you know, like if you're playing a game with multiple different races, uh, or if we're playing a post-apocalyptic game like Rifts, you could find a helmet laying around. It's a coalition helmet, but surprise, you're playing a griot. Yeah. Your snout is way too long to put that on. Yeah, or if you're playing, like you mentioned earlier, a furry, you're a half-dog, half-horse, half-beluga whale, half-human, and you go to put on a helmet made for an elf. Yeah. You're going to have a bad time. You're basically putting an earring on. <laughs> or putting, or being an orc and putting on armor for any other race. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and I mean, that that's the funny thing in a bunch of these fantasy things and all that. You go and you're like, oh... We made it into the enemy stronghold. What are we going to do? Knock out some guards and steal their clothes. Alright, so you're a couple of dwarves and half-elves and fucking... You got a hobbit with you. And you just knocked out some orcs. How the fuck are you going to fit in that armor? Yeah. Because, like, there's no way any of you have the right legs except maybe the half-elves. Well, we'll stack the dwarves on top of each other. You know, you don't yeah, seem and there and you've got your leg piece that's going three quarters up your chest, <laughs> just for the pants. That's all right because dwarves do not suffer a uh, speed <laughs> movement uh, penalty. Very dangerous from a short distance. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? They're more like sprinters. <laughs> you know what that makes me think of is uh, that scene in The Wizard of Oz. You know when they're. Uh, Sneaking into the Wicked Witch's castle, and the Cowardly Lion has his tail just like wagging out the back of it. You know exactly. Like, yeah, tails. This is a very good point, though. Yeah. Oh, I'll leave it to the furry to think about tail holes. Well, it's exactly <laughs> hey, it's that. Than the other thing. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. and we're not going to go into those. But good. you know, on the subject of tails, any tailed race—lizard folk, tabaxi, who knows what—out of the sci-fi groupings. Or you know, God forbid, if you're aware. You know, you, you transform between two forms. A werewolf. Oh, God. A werewolf. A werewolf. Oh, boy. Shifting. It's what? a person that turns Shifting into a person during the full topic. moon. Shifting <laughs> is its own topic. You go through so many clothing when you start shifting. It's just shred. Ah, fuck. Well, now, you do the Hulk thing. You start shifting sizes, you do the Hulk thing. Every fucking time. Unless you're a druid, because then it's innately magical and your clothes go foop. Or, I mean, if you're doing you choose a... your fighting outfit, you take... Okay, so if you're a shapeshifter, the best thing for you to do is go monk. Okay? You're, you're a shapeshifter, you go monk, and then you take the uh, sub-monk class thing, the archetype, 
for Luchador. Yeah. Right? So now you're like a werewolf wrestler. You know what you need for armor at that point? You need a Boxers. Pair of, no, no, Speedos. Yeah. Get something made out of Lycoris. That way it will increase in size as you increase in size. It may cut off a bit of circulation, but once you shift, you know, you'll be like, El Lobos de la Nuche. And, you know, you shift and boom, your Speedos are all right. And you got like a little tail, uh, a little hole cut out of the back just above the ass crack so your tail can poke out. And you are set. Yeah, it just it really saying. is. Just saying. Did but, you say uh, De La Nuch? You mean De La Noche? Uh, de La Leche. The Wolf of Milk? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Don Lobo De La Leche. He has like a, you know, Got Milk t-shirt sponsor. <laughs> got <laughs> Milk, yeah. I'm going to see that now, like a full Shaolin, but wearing the luchador, like a strong bad mask. Yeah, so the reason I bring this up, who here has seen Jumanji? Yeah. Uh, nope. Nope. Wow. I'm not talking about the new one. I'm talking about the old one. Nope. nope. Yep. <laughs> All right. So well, when the kid the, gets turned into a monkey. Exactly. Monkey, like, monkey. it's, you know, a tail adds an entire sensory section attached to the base of your spine. It can also get cramped, and that shit painful. It's like, oh, yeah. wearing, it's like wearing a shirt that's too small. It, that is true. Like, um... So if you're wearing armor and your character has, like, a new pair of non-magical pants and you don't have a hole for the tail to stick through, or if you're not, like, a female character with a micros bikini or whatever the fuck, uh, however it works out in your game. How the fuck is that armor? I don't know. Yeah, you know, like, trying to flip your tail it, up 90 degrees to sit over the belt line and then, like, loop out of the back, that's yeah. kind of like bending one of your fingers at 90 degrees all day long. Yeah. Sideways. Yeah, you know, sideways. It's it's like, not going to be comfortable. Up and down, linearly, it works. You try doing that sideways, that shit's going to hurt. Yeah, so tails add a whole another level of fuckery to the uh, armor thing. And also, you know, I would assume it would be uncomfortable as fuck in a fantasy or sci-fi game if I was playing a character who didn't have a tail and I found armor made for somebody who did have a tail, but the armor does fit. I still put that on. Yeah, you, you got, got a breeze. Hole. And now I got a nice breeze at the small of my back. You just got like those long johns, you know, like, have, like the yeah, flap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> long johns with a tail flap. And yeah, another exactly. thing, you know, the tails bring up another interesting idea. They're grab points. I've got a, you know, let's go with the tabaxi. They've got long cat tails, right? So long, gay Bowser. <laughs> so what happens in combat, someone's going to grab that and either swing at it or use it to pull me off balance to get something vital, you know, neck armpits, who knows, right? Stuff like that. So, like, the way to deal with that is typically you add spikes, you know, just wrap something with basically barbed wire around your tail so nobody wants to grab it. Or you suffer for it. <laughs> it's pretty much that cut and Or um, you make a character that doesn't have a tail. Yeah. This is the other option, basically. But it is something that, like, people forget about. Yeah. You can grab a hold of anywhere on the body. Hands, arms, legs, you know. That you, actually like what you did with the, the assassin going up through the nads. Yeah, that's actually another thing that, um... Uh. Another misnomer about combat in games. And, of course, it is hard to find a game that actually has a good grappling system built into it. And, you know, the tabaxi with the tail kind of leans into that is it is really hard to pull off combat maneuvers that are not simple. I hit, you know, like he said, grab the tail and take a swing. Yeah, that's the guy. Um, it's the guy. It's the guy. The guy. Anyway, um, hey. like in one of the first things I learned, and of course I majored for a semester in practically everything, one of those classes I took was unfortunately police sciences. Okay. Well, mistakes were made? Mistakes were made. But, you know, whatever, I passed the class and learned how to take crime scene photos and how to collect evidence and stuff like that, um, which... Useful yeah, skills for other useful reasons. Useful skills for other reasons. But anyway, um, one of the things they teach you in that class is fight the body part, not the body. So if I'm fighting an assailant and I grab a hold of, say, Kazrakan's pinky... And twist it in the right manner. I now control his entire body through the amount of pain I'm inflicting. Or it's just like, the awkward angle. Or just the awkward angle. It's same with wrist locks or arm locks. Yeah. Or, you know, even a leg lock or putting somebody in a four-leaf clover. 
Yeah. I'm fighting the body part. I'm only fighting one portion of that person's entire body, but able to control 95% of it otherwise. Yeah. And, and so most game systems don't have this in there, and it's really hard to pull off certain combat maneuvers because they involve a joint lock with a strike or a strike followed by a joint lock. Uh, there are some weapons that, in like D&D, they have uh, Entangle yeah. as one of their uh, special abilities. Nets. Nets, specifically. Uh, but strangely enough, they don't give this ability to whips. Whips only have tripping. Huh. Despite the fact you can grab a hold of things with a whip if done right and yeah. yank somebody off balance. Yeah, you can grapple with, with, yeah. with a whip or... Um... You can grapple with a wooden stick. You can grapple with damn near anything. Damn near anything. But if somebody were to come after like a player character, and I have a two and a half foot long stick, there's a way to grab it, stick the arm, put the stick underneath their arm, and basically twist it around, and I now have control of their entire body by wrapping that stick in and basically shoving it against the back of their elbow. They can't move that arm. I'm fighting the body part, not the entire body, you know. Um, and they don't a good really... example of this is actually the pacifier, the movie the pacifier. Yeah, yeah. it's a gar- pretty garbage movie. Pretty garbage movie. But well, there is there a remake. I don't know, and I don't care. Don't know, don't care. But you know, there's a particular scene where you know the wrestling coach is getting all you know small Uppity. dog syndrome, talking <laughs> talking shit for nothing. Yeah. And the pacifier just twist, boom. Well, it's, well, it just knocks him to the you know. Pins it, him to the flat. It takes in, under like, 21 pounds of pressure per square inch to tear off a human ear. It takes 18 pounds of pressure per square inch to remove a human eyeball. It's not that hard. Breaking a collarbone is what, 15? Something like that. It yeah. takes uh, less than 10 pounds per square inch with two fingers to nullify an opponent. And I've done this in game and like the GM didn't believe me until I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to do it to you personally because I don't want my fingers there. But here's how you do it. Uh, <laughs> But basically, we you know we were in a combat situation. I didn't even and because the GM ruled that I had to initiate a grapple to do it, but I just stuck two fingers up the person's nose and uh, lifted. I got something to show you. After you know, this. and the GM's <laughs> like, "Oh well, you know now you st- you got boogers all over your fingers." You know, and the guy looks at you like you're stupid. I'm like, "Dude, stick two fingers up your nose and yank up hard." Yeah. He didn't get too far. <laughs> all right, with two thumbtacks and a piece of string, you can nail somebody to the floor. Yeah. <laughs> you just need to know where it hurts to put that piece of string. You know, it, it really goes to say about how anything can be deadly, because my girl and I were watching, uh, I swear I'm going to relate this back to what we're talking about, we are watching fucking river monsters, and they, what they were looking for, it was this fish that was so deadly in these waters of Cambodia, these rivers, so many people, like, a lot of guys, this one guy had half of one of his testicles bitten off. Ugh. Just yeah. think about that That's for a moment. Horrible let it sink moment. In. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, it wasn't, like, raggedy. It was, like, clean, like, surgical cut. And you would think, Jesus, what kind of monster would do this? You know what it turned out to be? This river monster? And another guy got, like, half his eye eaten out? A fucking rabid lawnmower? No. Okay. It was a fucking pufferfish. A pufferfish? I I shit you not. A pufferfish. Not even a big one. Like... Okay, so about... Eight a inch. six inch, eight six inch. Six or eight inch? Yeah, six to eight inch little puffer fish. And the thing is, they're not even being aggressive. They're just doing it, uh, fucking, uh, like, if Defensive you, Defensively, action? yeah. Just the defensive action of puffing up. Yeah. yeah, they become a vacuum. And if you've got armor, man, like, they will. Yeah, exactly. God forbid it's a leech. But, anyways, we are over the one hour mark, boys. Ah, whoa! So, All right. Final thoughts. Uh, I kind of want to go on something. When it comes to your arms, your armor, your weapons, try to think more about what it is and how it's used. Do your research on it, like, outside of game, and then see how it's used in-game. Because it doesn't always translate one-to-one, but there's some really cool stuff you can do with things if you know how to use them. Mm-hmm. I could go off on that, but we're out of time. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, let's see more quilted armor in games. Charmin. Padded armor. I'll do it. Charmin armor. It's true. Next character, I'm going to make it with Colton armor. Mark my words. All right. <laughs> Moniker, out for the week. Goodbye. <laughs> Holy shit, it's so weird to have you back. I like, know. months without it. But, um... um go ahead. I'll, I'll save them up for last. All right. I would say... Be inventive with your, uh, like, bladed weapons. Any, any of your weapons, you can be really inventive. Goblin has a moment of pride where he 
hamstrung a giant because he was being smart about it rather than just flailing his sword around. And the DM had to hotfoot a little bit and be like, ah, it does this to its speed. Yeah, actually, that's going to go on to my final thoughts, which is if you really want to piss off your GM and get away with it, kind of, sort of, study different combat techniques, look into different ways to harm an opponent with the simplest measures and stuff, whatever. I've had a violent youth, so hey, whatever, that worked out for me. (laughs) Uh, If your GM does not know what hamstringing is, get a new GM (laughs) or hamstring your GM. And let Um, them figure it out. Uh, they will learn hamstring very quick. them nicely with a uh, blunt object uh, gingerly and softly I will not be held liable for any damages that happen to your GM if you decide to do such it's completely on your head but what I'm saying is learn to be creative and all armors have a weakness all uh, holds and grapples have a mo- uh, weakness or an escape maneuver research this stuff and next time your GM decides to engage in combat step outside of the rules a little bit and start making attacks for called shots at certain tendons or vital organs or veins and your gm will ban you quickly but you will win power gaming goblin going back to my crypt gazarkan <laughs> back to these guys i want a cod piece with a flail on it helicopter of death